Are you laughing? Are you seriously laughing at what I'm saying? This, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This right here is the American way. Anything that I have just said, you people have already thought. Shinsuke, you do not want to hold this WWE Championship because if you do, these people will treat you the same way that they treat me. They will chant USA when you're trying to speak. They will say, you can't speak English, nor do you care to learn English. They will say that your eyes are different, your skin's different, your hair's different. They will tell you, you look like Pikachu is having a seizure. Okay. Shinsuke Nakamura, it's not worth it. I advise you to walk away. It will not be worth it, Shinsuke. It will not be worth the suffering you feel when you face the modern-day Maharaja! Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another uh, episode of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me, as always, is the janitor himself, Josh Custodio. Here I am, just like you promised, every time, day in, day out, 24-7, no sleep till Brooklyn! No days off. No days off. You Day one-ish, baby. Yeah, this place is not going to clean itself. Absolutely S- not. Someone needs to be here to take, take out the, the trash. That hot open. Hot and that open. Is what the janitor is here for. Hell yeah, baby. Josh, it's been a big week, I think. Yeah, yeah. It has been a big week. I agree with that. Uh, in a number of different senses, personally for myself, and as well as in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, but let's talk about wrestling first. Okay. Because... You know, it's kind of our thing on this podcast. We like to take three topics and break them down over the course of 15 minutes at a time. Of course, that is the length of a WCW television title match. Correct. do not find a victor at the end of 15 minutes, the buzzer sounds, it ends in a draw, we move on to the next topic. Uh, But there are sometimes topics that come up that we can't really dwell on for a full 15 minutes, and it would be wrong to ignore them because we do say each and every week that we address the biggest, all the biggest topics of the week. Yeah, and I think this kind of is the biggest topic. You're talking of the about week Bobby Heenan this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. overshadows anything to do with No Mercy this week. Uh, anything that we're going to talk about on the show, you know, a, a legend, an icon, a Definitely. true. Uh, one-of-a-kind original character of which we will never see again. And it's hard to say that about most people in wrestling, but it is certainly true of him. Bobby Heenan, of course, passed away on Sunday uh, in the uh, early afternoon, and it is uh, quite a loss. Of course, he you know, had been sick for quite a long time, so this yeah. is not a, a wrestling death. And lost that, the ability to speak. Uh, which is seem so cruel. Almost kind of uh, ironic. It is for ironic. A, for a for gentleman sure. who, of course, is known for, for running his mouth with the best of them. Uh, but this is not like a, like a, um, you know, a... Uh, 
a Roddy Piper sort of situation where he, the death is just sudden and out of nowhere. Right. Like, I feel like we've kind of been... There's heading, been rumors. Yeah, it's, it's been yeah, trending sure. in this direction for quite a while. So for it to finally happen is not necessarily a surprise, but still ultimately tragic. It's super sad. Uh, I'm a little too young to have watched Bobby Heenan's uh, initial run, okay? Uh, where he was most famous, him and Monsoon. Um, of course, I am a fifty-year-old man. Yes, so you, you, yeah. As an I, ancient, I, yeah, I appreciate all of it from this back little in the chunk day. of no, coal. Of course, but I want to say, just like you. I, I do want to say that what's really special about Heenan is if you watch anybody else who has had a speaking role in pro wrestling, and you listen to their interviews, almost to the person. They talk about Bobby Heenan and what an inspiration he was and how he, he switched up the game and he could sort of do everything, the weasel. And I think that's super worth noting that all these people have one piece of source material. And he went on to really establish a lot of the voice of what we know as modern pro wrestling. And, yeah, rest in peace, Bobby Heenan. And, you know, one of those guys, too, that, like, I saw this a lot in people kind of eulogizing him on Twitter on Sunday. Uh, just the the idea that this man was so funny and so charismatic and such a natural oh, performer yeah, yeah. and so quick-witted that he literally could have done anything and been globally famous at anything that he chose to do. He could have been an actor. He could have been a comedian. He could have been a late-night talk, late talk show host. He could have done one, right? literally anything. And he chose to pursue wrestling because that's what he loved. And as wrestling fans, we are lucky to have had him do that because uh yeah one of the quickest wits in the world and someone who you know you go back and you watch old school promos and sometimes they really do hold up when it's the true great when it's sure, a rick yeah. flair when dusty. it's a dusty Rhodes. Yeah, yeah yeah these are promos that stand the test of time but a lot of them don't for sure and, and, yeah. and that's that's not just of wrestling that's of culture in general if you go back and you watch comedies even of the 70s and 80s today like the sensibility is just so much different uh and we feel so much differently about certain topics as a society Definitely. that like you know stand-up comedy or films from th that era they just do not hold up a lot up. of it ages poorly bobby heenan is still funny today Definitely, he true. is still quick as there is today when you go back and watch his stuff which you know both of us have as kids that did not grow up in, in the prime of of his era uh, you know, you cannot help but appreciate what a master this guy truly was. I'm so glad we opened the show with this. It felt like it would have been the elephant in the room regardless. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Bobby. Rest Hannon. in peace, Brain. You will be dearly missed. And I do want to mention one quick anecdote. Go ahead. A gentleman that I follow uh, on Twitter, Shane, uh, the social assassin. He's a Canucks tweeter okay. out there. Yeah, but also, also a big wrestling fan. Yeah. And he talked about how... Uh, when Bobby Heenan got sick originally when he came down with cancer uh, several years ago, uh, Shane wanted to, to write to him and let him know what uh, uh, entertaining figure he had been throughout his life and that he appreciated everything that he had done. And Heenan did write back to him. Oh, amazing! Uh, but all he clued in on was the fact that Shane signed his letter with the fact that he lived in Vancouver and all Heenan replied with this heartfelt letter about how much I appreciate everything you've done. Uh, Brain's response was, I fucking hate salmon. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so, just like a, a, a classic heel oh, that's right great. to the bitter end. That's and tremendous. you know, one of those guys through, who throughout his entire career 
you know, no matter what alignment he was, though he's typically a heel, uh, just hated Hulk Hogan above yeah. all else. But just that classic quote about his second favorite wrestler is Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and his first favorite is everyone, everyone else. else. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, in the end, he proves to be correct. Yeah. And that Terry Bollea is an enormous piece of shit, brother. And uh, you know, clearly, they had issues that went beyond kayfabe backstage, and I would say that probably reflects nicely. On Bobby Heenan as a human being, definitely true. As well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we can move on to what we we're going to talk about this week. Well, hey, let, listen. Let's. If this is your first time listening, generally we have some witty banter off the top. But of course, I'm going to keep it in the sentimental lane. Yeah. Uh, ju- can we talk about this on the show? I, your job? Yeah, yeah. For okay. Sure. Uh, Justin Morissette. I teased uh, it like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and now has confirmed that you are the producer for the Vancouver Canucks games on Sportsnet 650. That's the the title? Uh, I'm the studio producer for Vancouver Canucks broadcasts, yes. I feel, yeah, I, I don't want to get too choked up on the show. I genuinely mean this, that you're such a talent. You carry this show. I have no fucking idea how to broadcast. You are a true pro. I'm. I felt nervous for you. Doing the tryouts, I felt like a sense of relief when you got it. I'm so happy for you. There's no one who can yeah. kill it better at the job. I've basically been having dark matches at Sportsnet for the last like <laughs> yeah. two weeks. And I finally, uh, yesterday, got the news that uh, they want me to stick around. So this is our way of saying that Justin will be leaving this show. I mean, no, any minute now. Not necessarily. <laughs> Once I am in the door, I am going to push for a Sunday night wrestling show. Uh, on the radio, yeah, and that might put a bit of a damper on what we do here, unfortunately. But but <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about this. No, no, I just uh, you know I want to. So say, if this is your first episode, I want to say used to it. I want to say that if that does happen, and we, I would need sponsorships for that to happen. So if you own a local business that wants oh, to sponsor a wrestling radio show, <laughs> do let me know. You're going to turn my nice sentimental <laughs> segment into trying to get you the avenues to leave the no, show? No, because I'd have you on the show all the time. No one wants that. No, we would have it that you're just the janitor wandering into the studio <laughs> and sharing some opinions. To be clear, if you left, this show would keep going. Yo, this, for sure. This train would roll on. Oh, I would... Put this some bitch uh, on my back. You have funnier back. friends than me. <laughs> that, well, it's true. That is true. I got it's damn it. true. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a big thrill, and I do want to use my position to try and sneak some wrestling stuff in there from time to time as well. So, I love it. so hopefully that happens in an official capacity. Uh, and yeah, it's just a big time thrill. I, I could not be happier. It was v- it's extremely stressful the last couple weeks, but. Uh, I handled myself well, and it paid off in the end. So no one more deserving. I appreciate that very much. So with that, now that the you know the junk is aside, we can get to the real goods. Professional wrestling. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If this is your first time, every week, like you tease Justin, we go through the three biggest topics in the world of professional wrestling and discuss them for no longer than fifteen minutes. One, two, three. Do you want me to tell you what the rounds this week are, Justin? I would love it if you did that. Well, then why don't I just do that? Sure, I'm going to do it. Oh, Here why not? Eh? Right, stay t- okay, I'm going to do it right now. Absolutely. Here we go. In round number one. Uh, the WWE put out a press release earlier this week saying that they were going to reuse the name Starcade, which was uh, WCW's sort of WrestleMania equivalent, their big name. Uh, it then came out that this was going to be for a house show. We're going to break this down. We're going to talk about the WWE using WCW pay-per-view names. If we like this, what they should bring back. And its relationship to a house show. There were also some Cody and Brandy Rhodes uh, tweets in there. We'll touch on a little bit of everything. In round number two... 
Uh, Jinder Mahal cut a, uh, would you say a racist promo? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. He used racism as a tool yesterday. I mean, his entire championship run has been about race, so I don't think it's entirely out of nowhere, but we can save this for the round itself. Exactly. We're going to dissect that coming up in round number two, then a thrilling episode of Sunday Night Tweet, and round number three, we have what I would call a, a pretty good-looking pay-per-view on Sunday. We sure do. Uh, just like Elvis said, no mercy. And, uh, did he say that? No, he said, have mercy. Uh, that was the... Of course. And yeah. then I did a bad impression. Yeah. It was see, a bit. It's the impression that really left me thinking maybe he did say that. I don't <laughs> recognize that at all. Uh, you forgot what he... Anyway. <laughs> this is, uh, we're going to break down no mercy, Justin. We're going to try and do it in 15 minutes. Are you ready? I think so. Uh, it's going to be difficult because we always have trouble fitting all those matches into 15 minutes. Yeah. And this a pretty stacked pay-per-view as well. This it is, definitely is. This is a, a card that honestly feels like it could be a, a WrestleMania unto itself. I mean, we can uh, talk about that a little more. And there's anything else you want to get to off the hop? No, I don't think so. Unless uh, we have oh, hang some on. kind of oh, sponsorship. Shit. I, I almost forgot. Yeah, hang on. While you are trying to get other sponsors, I still have to, you know, keep a roof over yeah. my head here. I mean, maybe your base could sponsor my radio show. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Please don't say it's my base. That's We don't know whose base it is. That could, somebody pays for this. Ad of course, every week. So, um, okay, I'm just gonna get out the official ad copy here sent by uh, the business that uh, paid for sponsorship time. Yes. Uh, okay, Justin, I need you to to uh, play along here. Okay? Of course, but not too playful. Yeah, yeah. We talked mad. about this last. Yeah, yeah we get don't... notes from the company that it's too much. You can't joke around of too course. much. Yeah, so yeah. this is a very serious ad. Okay, Justin. Shoot. Are you breathing? Yes. Is every day. Maybe just keep to yes or no. It's okay. off the get. All right. Okay, I'm going to start again. Fine. Are you breathing? Yes. Is your heart beating? Yes. Does your brain work? Maybe. Are you alive? Yes. Then what you need is a 2005 Epiphone Thunderbird bass. I'm not sure how all of those things tie together, but sure. Wow, they just—this is gonna be—I mean, they're never gonna pay again saying that. This is well because you're alive. You need a bass. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Every, a lot of people are alive. Not that many people play bass in this room. Two of the people who are alive, half of them own basses. That's true. And I own two. And you know what? If you are not playing bass, are you truly living? No. Wow, you really just up. Wow, our rate might have gone from like fifty cents to a dollar. That was. That was a tremendous recovery. That was very yeah. good. So if you need a 2005 Epiphone base, you can use promo code TOPMARKS. Yes, just I, tweet out the promo code TOPMARKS yep. on Twitter, yep. and we will be aware of your interest in purchasing the base. Yeah, much like last week, there's no there's no discount or anything yeah. for using the discount code TOPMARKS. Exactly. It's just sort of a thing. Yeah, it's like putting your hand up at an auction. Yeah, so so for more information, you can go to uh, twitter.com slash J0SHC. That's the company that pays for uh, the ad time on this show. What a weird company name. Uh, I think it's great. And uh, we'll... Uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll give you a great price if you use promo code TOPMARKS. And with that, we're off to round number one. Round one. Fight! <laughs> Justin, growing up as a kid, did, did you watch WCW? Not really. Every so often I would because I was a huge fucking wrestling nerd. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of always a, a WWE guy. And even like during the height of Goldberg, I always felt that he was just a Steve Austin ripoff. Even yeah. though their gimmicks are not nothing alike. But bald they guy just have goatee. a similar look. Yeah. And like 
it like Bischoff versus Vince, it all felt kind of like a knockoff to me in a way. Okay. Uh, and I just preferred WWE, uh, WWF at the time, I suppose. If your if your critique on them was that they were maybe a ripoff, they did no favors to themselves in that department that by is taking true. everyone. Uh, so to give a little context here, I have very little WCW watching when I was a kid. It I wasn't s- on certainly on Mondays n- yeah. where I was. It was on like Sundays or something. In Canada, that I mean, that's true of the entire country because TSN had the broadcast rights for both. Oh, is that right? Um, okay. and, and what they would do would, you know, be pl- they would play Raw live because it did huge ratings for them. I always remember, like, the desk, like, Darren Detition breaking in halfway through Raw. Ah, They'd be like, yeah, yeah, coming yeah. up on Sports <laughs> Center, we got this, but in the meantime, back to the war zone. Um, and, and so, because I would tape it. Sure. I would, I'd watch maybe half of it and tape the rest and watch it in the morning yeah, before school. Yeah, pretty late for a kid. Yeah. Um, and Nitro would be on in the afternoon uh, on Tuesdays. Okay, was that it? Yeah, okay. Uh, but f- I think it might have been even afternoon East Coast time. So on the West Coast, it would be on at like 1 o'clock. Just like which midday. Might, yeah, which might be like literally impossible for a kid right. to watch. Uh, which might not necessarily be the worst thing because it probably wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason I bring this up, Justin, is I think it's important uh, for the for this round the context of neither you or I have a tremendous amount of nostalgic love for WCW. We no. recognize its place. I think we both talk about the Monday Night Wars would have been amazing to be alive during. All of the guys that I appreciated during the heyday of WCW ultimately jumped to WWE anyways, like right. Chris Jericho's, your Dean Malenko's. That on old, and on, yeah. yeah. Even Goldberg, actually, yeah. yeah. So this week it comes out that WWE is running a house show in North Carolina, and they're calling it Starcade. Well, before that happened, there were heavy rumors that uh, WCW pay-per-view names, whether it's Bash at the Beach or any number of them, are coming back. That right. they have like relicensed the copyrights for these names. They probably never let them lapse or whatever, but they've just you know maybe put together a website or something who knows you know they've they've set some sort of licensing and then people who watch their trademarks notice this and then the rumor is oh they've reset these things that must be coming back and literally the very next day after that rumor comes out Starcade is announced as a Saturday night show that will be on the network oh what is that I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll check when you'll go on some rant in this round, and I'll hop on the laptop and check. I don't think that's been confirmed yet. I would think that it would it be. Ha- you think it has to be, right? Because why wouldn't they? But you look at some of the Madison Square Garden shows they do, Brock vs. Big Show, etc., and they don't show those on the that's network. That's true. They did do that one, though. Beast in the East? Yeah, uh, Beast in the East was the Japan one, but they also did a Madison Square Garden house show oh, that was they? on the network. Okay, cool. And, of course, that uh, Toronto roadblock before Road WrestleMania yeah. was also on the network. Yeah. Um, so they're doing a house show. I Let's say for the instance this, because as far as I know, it is not being shown on the network, that it is just a house show being called Starcade, but it is in North Carolina. And it is a holiday weekend. Thanksgiving in yes. the States, yeah. Yes, and Cody Rhodes kind of hopped on that to say, Ugh. you're so concerned that this house show on a holiday weekend is not going to sell that you slap my dad's legacy on it and don't even include my brother. Yeah, this isn't Sunday Night Tweet yet, but I'm going to read his tweet verbatim. What Dear Michael no Amdar, <laughs> oi, it be me, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Dear Michael P.S. Hayes, if you're afraid an event won't sell because the holiday and want one of my dad's events, at least book Goldie, Cody. Yeah. Which is a fair criticism. I think it's so stupid. I think it's unbelievably stupid. That isn't how acquisitions work. 
WCW was bought out by WWE. What what does he what what do they owe I Dusty think, Rhodes? I think Brandy's criticism was a little bit more pointed in that they had every opportunity to bring back these classic, uh, you know, <laughs> Dusty created events while he was still alive and honor the man while he was still alive. Because look, if you're part of the Rhodes family, I think it's partly justifiable to feel like the McMahons have been burying you for decades. That's like that's purposefully embarrassing you at every sure. turn. Like maybe they get some big wins as the Rhodes family, uh, you know, five years ago or Beat whenever that was run that that run was. But largely uh, they've been given embarrassing gimmicks. That's part of the reason why Cody left in the first place. He never wanted to be Stardust. Yeah. Um, so to, they had the opportunity to honor Dusty's legacy while he was still alive, and they never did. And then after he died, when he's not there to appreciate it, suddenly they want to honor his creations and legacy. I think if you're the family who might feel like this company has embarrassed you for decades, that is a genuine grievance that I can fully get on board with. And there's no question. I did also just Google it. There are articles stating both that is being shown and not shown on the network. Okay. So that's. I, I just want to say that before we started this, you were trashing me for defending the roads and their grievances, and I just quickly turned you right there. Absolutely not. So no. I think I've already won. Okay. The so I think here. I think the ra- uh, the roads have some space as a generality to say that they've been mistreated. I think that's true. However, I think him claiming that. Do you think any – if you're using his line of thinking, every WCW name you use going forward, you have to put gold dust on? Not necessarily. That is the line of thinking. But Starcade is a dusty creation, and not just a is dusty it? creation, but, like, he was the star of the first several as well. He's kind of synonymous with the event in some ways. Okay. Uh, I think that's, like, a fair claim to say this is part of my father's legacy. I don't think that that is necessarily an unfair thing to say. Because I don't I think, think it's a coincidence that Charlotte is booked in a title cage match on this show. They're tr- well, it's also in her hometown. They're, yeah, but they're clearly <laughs> trying to play into that version of the Starcade legacy. Sure. So the if, one that's on the so brand so of the show they're going to, to? If she gets to claim it, then why shouldn't Cody? Because she's on SmackDown and it's a SmackDown house show okay. and Cody Rhodes works for Ring of Honor and Goldust okay. is on Raw. Though technically Michael P.S. Hayes did respond to that tweet by saying, I would love to put Dusty on the show or Goldie on the show. Oh my sh- God. <laughs> I would love to put Goldie on the show in a tag match. He'd need a partner. What are you doing that night? Right. And Which w- I think is ultimately the best way you can handle that criticism. Are you interested in seeing that? I don't think it'll, it could happen. But, but I, I honestly do think that that is impossible given that the contracts that he has with New numerous different companies at the moment. Yeah. But if it did happen for one night only, I would pop huge. Be very for cool, that. right? The the all, even though they're in kayfabe still broken up, Stardust and Goldust. Yeah. It would still be uh, But I mean technically Goldust was Dustin Rhodes on television yeah. on Raw this week. Yep. So if Cody came back as Cody and they were Cody and Dustin Cody and Dustin Rhodes. That would be great. Or okay, I wonder if it helps him dance around the contracts at all if he came back as Stardust. Possibly. If it's the old tag team of Stardust and Goldust. But, I mean, he seems to have all these freedoms to do what, kind of whatever he wants. I wonder if way. all of those contracts limit WWE. Or if they just yeah. assume that there's no way he would want to do that right now anyways. Whatever it is, I feel like there's just so many obstacles for the reasons you have mentioned. We're kind of getting right? off course here about yeah, the but, Rhodes but in but a listen, way that's not really important to we the We both agree scheme. Cody Rhodes is entirely out to lunch. but uh, I didn't w- agree to that. Well, I feel, I feel like you did. 
uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I felt that way. You can't take my feelings away from sure, me. This fine. is a silly show. Absolutely. Uh so what what are your feelings? Let's about about Starcade. Let's assume it's a house show here and a network event. Is there one are you more comfortable if it's a network event? I think it's a waste of the name in general because that should be a huge show. Right. You I know? fully agree. It is the WCW WrestleMania. So to say that you're gonna bring back WCW pay per view names. That's excellent, because I don't want to live in a brand split era where we get a backlash every eight months or right. a, a roadblock, every, like with two roadblocks in the same year. Two roadblocks in a fast lane. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's, it's enough with the roads. On yeah, exactly. Roadblock end of the line. That's the worst pay-per-view oh. name they've probably ever had. Well, Justin, let me stop you there, because I, I have here in front of me a list of WCW pay-per-view names. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to read out a few that stand out, and I want to know if you think these should be brought back. We're going to call it Keep It or Kick It. Okay. Okay, so Keep It means you bring it in, WWE. I understand what it means. Well, I'm going to explain it to the fan base. You know, they're pretty dumb, so uh, they probably don't understand how Keep It or Kick It would work. Sure. Okay, and Justin. Kick It means get rid of it. No. Yeah. Okay, you did figure it out. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, what do you think of Sold Out? S-O-U-L. Sold. Mm, I know you like it. I love I'm it. I'm not entirely, like, I'm not huge on that pun. Okay. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, I think they could probably do worse than that if left to their own devices. Keep it or kick so it. So I'm going to say keep it. Yeah, that's a keep it. All right, the Great American Bash. Absolutely keep it. They never should have got rid of that. Honestly, even when they got rid of the brand split, Great American Bash should have stayed around as the July pay-per-view. Hog Wild. Kick it, for sure. <laughs> you, don't like, you don't like Hog Wild? No. You no. and the boys don't want to get Hog Wild? Is there a guy with like a pig gimmick that this ties into? <laughs> no. We have a farmer on the roster. World War Three. Mm, that seems like something that you can only do once. To have a World War Three every year doesn't really add up, so I'm going to say kick that one, too. Okay. What, what if they did it World War Three, World War Four? Uh, that seems gratuitous also. <laughs> I don't really like this name in general. Kick it, for sure. Capital Combat. Uh, is, all these capital ones just strike me as Washington D.C. shows. Okay, like, you can't like Capital Punishment was a D.C. pay per view, and that's a great that is a great name for a D.C. pay per view. I agree. But if you did that in Seattle, probably a really stupid name. Capital Combat. I'm saying kick it. Kick it. Uh, we'll do two more. Justin Greed. Um. It's too generic, okay. and I feel like that's kind of the theme for like a Money in the Bank show anyways. Mm, okay. So I, I'll I say kick it there as well. I feel like I'm saying kick it to a lot of them. Yeah, you, you hate WCW. Uh, actually, I'm going to go two more here, okay, because there's one that I really like. I'm going to force you to say keep it. Halloween Havoc. Oh, keep it for sure. Hard keep it, right? Absolutely. Halloween Havoc. If they did one, like whatever the Sunday closest to Halloween was, I called it Halloween Havoc, and it was just the dumbest show where everyone's a costume, I would be all in. Or, I mean, that's kind of what they've done on the Halloween Smackdown yeah. for the last couple of years. But also if they did it like, I mean, ECCW does a Halloween show that I'm pretty sure they actually do call Halloween Havoc also. Tremendous. And there is always a fans bring the weapons hardcore match. Yeah. I don't know that you could do that in the Fed anymore because they're trying to shy away from hardcore wrestling in general, but it's a great idea, and I would be fully on board to see that. I'm fully on board to see it from my local promotion. I'd love to see it in WWE as that well. That sounds like a hard keep it. Yeah, and absolutely. And final one, Justin, Battle Bowl. Battle Bowl. Battle Bowl. That sounds like a joint venture between WWE and KFC. <laughs> Come on down to KFC for your... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> five ninety nine fill up Louis and a battle bowl. Louisiana gold battle bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's like 
corn in it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For I sure. think so too. For sure. Justin, is this a, a That's setup? a lot of kickets though. You really hate it, which is fine. I like that segment. Is, is there more there's gotta be more WCW pay per view? There's way more. Yeah, yeah, there's way more. There's I, I just picked ones. out I just picked out ones that caught my eye. Really. Okay, okay. Uh Justin, is this are they gonna have Ric Flair recovered and come out at this show? I hope so. That's kind of the place to reintroduce him. And if Definitely. they do do that, then you're doing yourself a major disservice by not putting this on the network. In fact, we were having this conversation with Brock during Raw last week. Yeah, Bro- uh, this- Brock is my drummer and yeah, roommate. Your roommate, yeah. the the creator of Drummer Slam. Great man. Uh, about these like network exclusive exclusive shows that they were doing for a little while there, like Kevin Owens' debut against John Cena, right? Uh, and you know something like Roadblock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now that they've kind of phased out pay per view altogether, there's almost no real discernible difference yeah. between a pay-per-view and that kind of show, except to do something like this, which is to do it on a Saturday night. And suddenly, it's this different event because we never watch wrestling on Saturdays. Well, takeovers, but yeah, you're you're 100% right about that. I I think if you have recovered from sickness, if Ric Flair can even walk out and hold up his daughter's arm, I assume Charlotte wins that night, and in North Carolina at Starcade, Ric Flair... Is in the ring in a moment. I think the the roof comes off that building. That should be where the title change happens. Yeah, I think if that's they the should, case, you can main event with that. They should buck the trend and finally have someone win in their hometown. Uh, I guess like they sort of did on Raw this week with Bailey. Yeah, um, they, they've done it a couple times. There was another one recently. Uh, I can't remember right now, but there was another one recently where somebody won in their hometown. Cedric Alexander. Was that it? Yeah. There you go. But even I mean, he's from Charlotte as well. I'm pretty sure. Th- this card is unbelievable too. I mean, it, just to close up here. I mean, you're getting a lot of a lot of good matches, and those are out there if you want to Google them. But have you seen who some of the special guests that are promised to be there are? Mm, I no, I don't it's think the so. Hardy Boys are going to be there. Carolina Boys. Oh yeah. Uh, I did see that there was a typo in the announcement. They said yeah. Ricky Seamboat would yeah, be there. Yeah, and Booby Rude. Yeah, Booby Rude and Ricky Seamboat. And also the Rock and Roll Express. If, if I lived anywhere near here, this seems like if a... you're in the Carolinas or surrounding areas, a must make go. a trip out of it, for the, sure. The New Day versus the Usos in a tornado tag match? Like, I could not sign up any faster. You and I are, are all about those tornado tags. They're it's the like best match step match in the video type. games. Yeah, absolutely. In the video games, uh, Elimination Tornado Tag. Uh, Justin, in close if this is on the network, how excited are you for it? Uh, probably more than some pay-per-views, honestly. By far more than some pay-per-views for me. Uh, so I really hope that you're right and I'm wrong. Sign me up for you being wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's move on from there. Oh, hang on, Justin. We're not jumping into round number two yet. We're not? Because uh, I teased something on the show last week. And uh, I'm not a man who likes to leave people hanging. So I have to... Justin, I teased last week that I would let the people know who won the rounds. Oh, yeah, that we would finally have dis- a decided victor. Correct. And and I went back and I listened to our show last week. Which ordinarily you never do. Frankly, i got to be honest, we're running a great show over here. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I was laughing. I was crying. It was... You could use a little work. I was going to give you some notes. But I killed it. We are the A show and the B show. <laughs> We're the only show in town. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, shell yeah. So, Justin, if you recall, last week we talked about 205 Live, the May Young Classic, and the KO Vince segment. I do remember all of those things. I thought that you made the better points in the 205 Live segment. Okay. I was the stronger competitor in the May Young Classic segment. Okay. And regrettably, depending on who you are, I thought you actually came out ahead in the KO Vince segment, giving you a 2-1 to one victory 
over the janitor, Josh Custodio. So congratulations. I, I really didn't think that you were going to be an impartial official like this. I, I thought you were going to Shane McMahon it. No, I called it down the middle, bud. I respect that. And uh, I thought you were the stronger competitor. But that doesn't. that's why I'm bringing the heat this week. Okay, you're fired up to get back uh, to winning ways. If you go up 2-0, this I mean, is... you've never had winning ways, so you <laughs> want some <laughs> in the first place. Let me be honest. I just said it, get back to them like you'd had them before. Well, I just, I just you know, if, it, if you go up 2-0, that's not a rivalry. That's true. That's just a stomping. That's true, though. If I go up 3-0 and then you make it 3-3 and then we tie in the seventh one and then we We're become a tag, a tag team. team. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, WWE should use that idea. <laughs> Probably. And with that, <laughs> let's get on <laughs> to round number two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin, I, we're, we're, I think it's pretty established that, that we're good friends, right? You, you would agree to that statement? I think so, yes. And I like to think that I, I'm not friends with any racists. Uh, yeah, I like to think that we are a pretty tolerant group, except yeah. there's one thing that we're intolerant of, and that's intolerance. Oh, wow. That, that really took a turn. I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, Justin, this week on uh, SmackDown Live, WWE champion Jinder Mahal, who I think we've both talked about, have enjoyed his run, thought last week he really cut a big promo, mm-hmm. uh, cut a, a promo that... Uh, I used this last week, but I think you got to use it again. It was a controversial promo, yes? Yeah. I didn't think last week he was particularly controversial. I didn't think so either. Last week I said it about Roman Reigns and John Cena. True. In fact, I'm going to say about his promo last week that it was probably the best work of his career. Sure. Uh, in ring or otherwise. Like was literally last week the Orton match? The best thing that he's ever done on television is the promo that he cut last week. And That's there were praise. certainly some racial undertones to that. But it backfired on them. It did not have the intended reception that they were hoping for. Because as Jinder said all of these racist things about Shinsuke Nakamura, the crowd agreed with him and laughed (laughs) at all of his racist jokes and thought he was hilarious. And then he pulled the rug out from under them to say that he was not actually being racist. He was baiting this crowd to show their own prejudices, and they played right into his trap because if Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be WWE champion, he will just have to deal with all of the bullshit that Jinder has had to deal with for the last four months, and that is a nonstop slew of racism and xenophobia. And honestly, it was a great promo, especially coming at a time when the number one criticism that Jinder was facing as champion, other than maybe bad matches was that he was just cutting the same promo over and over and over again. He'd come out, he'd say, you people are all xenophobic and racist racist, and you do not tolerate me, and now I'm going to speak in my own (laughs) language of Punjabi. Uh, And then he'd do the Punjabi (laughs) promo, and then that would be it. And he did that every week. Uh, So this was new, it was fresh, and it was great. Like, he had real genuine fire. I believed him that this was something that came from him personally. I thought last week's was the stronger promo. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, okay, good, good, good. Yes, Uh, but the problem is that he's still supposed to be a heel champion. And in that promo, he was right about everything that he said. He came off like a babyface, and the crowd came off like the heels. And so this promo this week got a lot of negative attention for being racist and for the crowd souring on it and booing him and yelling that's racist and chanting that's too far well guess what he had to do that because when it wasn't over the top you agreed and cheered him so what Mm. is he supposed to do as a pro wrestling heel can you use racism real genuine racism to get heat 
I think yes, and I think that it's good to show that a wrestling crowd is actually like can be progressive and won't tolerate that because most of the chants that you hear in wrestling especially if you go back and watch shit from back in the day is not good i've even talked about going to shows like out in the valley oh. in modern days and feeling uncomfortable being a part of those crowds well we've talked about that yeah to it get is. a crowd to turn on you and say that you're racist and that you're going too far and this is not acceptable is great that is like I don't think it reflects badly on gender as a person. I don't think it reflects badly on the company. I think it reflects well on the crowd. And how often can you say that about pro wrestling? Like, never. Never. So, of course... He like, shot out of a cannon, ladies and gentlemen. But, like, can you argue against that? Yeah, I Cause can. Because, like, like, I was a little bit worried to have this take this week. You know that sure. I like to think of myself as the baby face of Top A marks. big sweet man, yeah. And I feel like in defending racism, <laughs> I am kind of... No, no. This is a heel stance to have. Okay, well, let me give you the my side but of it. But I don't okay? think gender is really racist. Of course not. I don't think... I mean, Vince probably is really racist. Ah, but, like... That's not <laughs> race has been an element of his entire title run. They all rock the same. And, <laughs> and up until the last two weeks, he's been on the receiving end of it, right. and that hasn't been headline news. That hasn't been in the Washington Post. Yeah. That hasn't you had people that, up in arms. But finally, he's the one dishing it out instead of taking it. And whoa, whoa, this brown guy is racist. That's way too far. I, I'm. Totally in agreement with you on your very last point there. That I do think that that the there is a sensitivity to a, a brown man in a turban going after people and appearing racist. People are going to be generally uncomfortable with that. And I do think that to a degree, you I talked about this when Ellsworth won the Money in the Bank. That I think heels have I give heels a lot of space to operate. If you're trying to get heat, I think you you can go to town. It's not real misogyny when you're doing it for heat. Uh, and that part, and I the agree. same thing with racism. But why I disagree with with Jinder doing that promo last night is because it, it sends a a convoluted message. People are not going to be sure how to react to that. So even from a pro wrestling standpoint, I don't love it because if you're telling the crowd, like you said, they were cheering the week before some of his racism. So you have people baby facing Jinder Mahal and healing up Nakamura to the crowd perspective. Mm -hmm. This, from a pro wrestling standpoint, is confused and bad. And for him to have to, and you're right, in my opinion, he did have to do something this week to come out. And you talked about how he upped the volume on it as a means to actually get the crowd to boo. And I thought he did have to do something of that. My problem is that I, I want to act like, as a pro wrestling community, we're a little bit further beyond that. He wasn't being racist, except in the most general platitudes and stereotypes. Saying that all Asian yeah. people, quote, Rook the same, or that they eat dog and like, dolphin. That these are all stereotypes that played out like you know more than fifteen years ago. Exactly, this is like twenty year old. And racism. this was my issue with it, where it's like, if you want to come across as a heel racist, I, I don't inherently I hate that. But when you're just using like the most easy to understand general platitudes. I, I thought I mean, it was, he didn't say anything about his like math abilities or how good of a driver he is. But truthfully, like or that, that like, you could expect that, that like, next week. He works in like a laundromat or whatever. You, you know? know a little too much of <laughs> Asian racist stereotypes if you ask me. But but do, do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, next no, week. There's no real discernible difference between what he did and those awful stereotypes that I just listed Exactly. As well. And and if he came out and said those next week, that would be entirely in line but with what he at did. At the this same week. time he's supposed to be a heel and so much of 
of his reign so far, every time he airs a grievance, he's right. And the entire point of pairing this character with Shinsuke Nakamura is like not just that Shinsuke Nakamura is eventually going to get this belt, but that it's to expose that he is a hypocrite, that he isn't booed because of xenophobia. He's booed because he's He's an an asshole. asshole. That's the entire point of this. And that didn't come across at all in the build to their SummerSlam match. So if you need to be a little bit more overt in it as you build to the extension of this feud, I can totally get on board with that. And for the current political climate in the, in, in the U.S. right now, it's a very volatile situation. Race For is sure. a very delicate topic. To introduce something like this in wrestling and have the crowd react in the way that you would hope that they would react, I think is not a bad thing. That is encouraging, I suppose, to a degree. Now, I think depending on what city they were in, depending on the night, he's going to get booed or cheered based off of locale. That's more probably than what he's true saying. also. Um, I, I like, don't know where they were these past two weeks, but now I should They were in curious. Oakland yesterday. Okay, so that makes sense. I'd be curious to know where they were the week before that he was getting cheers for that and laughs. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Me I neither, remember. but if it was somewhere that I would stereotype but, as more racist, I wouldn't be but surprised. But like you have, you have Dave Meltzer in the Washington Post talking about, like, I feel bad for Jinder as a performer to go out and have to say these things because really it reflects badly on the writers going back to these tropes that have existed for a century that simply do not fly in modern society. Now, Dave, of course, as we talked about with, like, Nicole Matthews, is progressive about things where, like, maybe let the performers decide for themselves sure. because women do want to have inter- intergender matches. Right. This is obviously a different situation. For sure. No, I but, think there's he, a tie But in he here. comes at that from a sexism perspective, and yeah. women themselves are like, no, let me do this. If a brown guy like Jinder, is going to agree to do this, I think there is some element to that. Because, again, like last week's promo, even though he's playing it as a heel and he is being genuinely offensive on purpose, there is still a kernel of truth to what he's saying. That that when Nakamura takes this title, he will have to put up with the same barrage of racism that I deal with. That is true. Oh, I thought you meant that Japanese people eat cat. No. Oh, that part isn't true. (laughs) No. That is so relieving. Thank goodness. Uh, um, and and for for Dave to say that it reflects badly on the writers, like I said earlier, they were backed into a corner by the crowd reaction last week. What do you do in that situation other than elevate it to a point where like no one can not like boo that? Okay, so let me ask you this, and I'm not saying this is a joke. I want your genuine answer. If if Jinder uh, comes out next week and he goes, "Why are you always squinting, Nakamura? Are you okay with that?" I mean, hasn't he kind of been doing the, that? He's teased around it, but yeah. I'm asking, like, the, uh, for me... With, like, all the picture things that they've put up on the screen, yeah, and his face is the same for every emotion, <laughs> yeah. you rook the same. Like, that is kind of that same sort of thing. But are you are you comfortable with it being no dancing around? If he comes out and he goes, what if he calls him a chink? Are you good with this? <laughs> no, I'm not good with, like, straight uh, so up slurs. racial slurs. Okay, so slurs are the line. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of, like... I feel like they were dancing on the line this week. Okay. And and maybe did cross it to some extent, but not to such an extent that, like, oh, my God, can you believe the outrage? So I think this is so interesting because, and not to break kayfabe here, but I think between the two of us, I am generally the less political correct. I don't really get offended on behalf of other people. So I think it's interesting here that we have I'm a, a pretty progressive person. Yeah. And I do, like 
really stump for causes. This and, is a role reversal, to, I would say. But like, there's a difference between real life and wrestling. I sure. can recognize a villain on television versus a person in real life. And I do think that that's important. And I, again, I think we're probably more, we're closer to this than this round is probably presenting on yeah. where we agree. Just that line is maybe where, I think, but it's a tightrope and we're, we're pretty close. I mean, they it. were dancing on it last week too, but didn't get the reaction that they wanted. So, like, I, I hate repeating myself again and again, but, like, what do you do to get booed if being racist is going to get you cheered? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, like, uh, like I, I don't know if Jinder's line about how he was playing them for fools and they played right into his hand last week was actually scripted. He might have improvised that off the crowd reaction itself because, like, it's hard to come out of that promo and not feel like he's the baby face of it. It's hard also, though, in like his Punjabi celebration when he had that old woman come out and sing the Indian National Anthem that the crowd booed, booed the shit out of also, <laughs> which was literally two days after Charlottesville. That uh, was extremely uncomfortable also. Dude, that because, again, the crowd is the villain. The crowd is the villain so often, and this week they got to be the hero. Justin, let me ask you this because, uh, well, and first of all, I, I appreciate you putting your thought. I know that that is sort of a ballsy stance to take. I think it's really good, and I think as a full-fledged, you got to get it all out there, which is the benefit to a podcast yeah. over Twitter. I want to ask you this because the chief defense I'm seeing on my Twitter timeline, which does nothing for me, is people just saying, Oh, this is classic old school. This is old school. I don't feel like this is old school at all. This but is even, extremely modern. But even if it were, and I agree with you there, but if it were old school, just because they were doing that racist or homophobic or sexist yeah. shit back then, no, it's not a defense mechanism. No. And I see so much of this on my Twitter time. I can't believe it's like, oh, they're just booking him as an old school heel. Well, maybe they shouldn't. Like, if you go watch a lot of movies, go watch 16 Candles. What, okay? if, I what if Jinder was not the champion right now? What if AJ Styles was the champion and he That'd came out in a, in a red ball cap every week, and he said the same things that Ginger just said, hey, and the crowd booed the same. Suddenly, is that is that acceptable because it's a white guy, and we're actually poking at the real issues here that they're coming from a fucking mega chud? Is that suddenly acceptable that we're actually poking at the real bear instead of having it come out of the words of a Punjabi man? Like I think there, I think there's some legs to what you're saying there for sure. Like the the vessel being a lot of it. Um. I just want to say there's a lot of content from the 80s that is indefensible. Yeah. Braun panties matches. Absolutely. If there's a Braun panties match on television this week, I would be like, it's old school. Absolutely. <laughs> but, like, you can't say that these issues that they're touching on are outdated and, and no. old. Because this is obviously playing out in our society at large all the time. And honestly, wrestling is at its best when it tackles real politics. When when your your real Americans tag team is Jack Swagger and Cesaro, and Cesaro is an immigrant, but he's the good kind of immigrant, so we like him. Yeah. That's great wrestling because it's dealing with societal issues in a clever way, in a more clever way than CNN can even deal with them. Um, that's what I want from wrestling is to really be able to touch on societal issues. And if you deal with something sensitive and say, "Whoa, this has no place in entertainment," then you're being a coward. I'm sorry. Not you particularly. Well, no, I, I, I'm pretty brave. Um, but, like, like, that's just how I feel. Because 
there has to be a place where you can have these conversations. And if pro wrestling isn't one of them, where is? Because nobody wants to have these conversations anywhere. Justin, there's only 30 seconds left in this round, and I feel bad because you didn't get to talk much. But is there, <laughs> is there anything just to justify your position that you really want to set up? I, just, uh, I think Jinder has done a great job, not necessarily from a work rate perspective, but from his character work, from his pr- promos, from what he's delivered, from an entertainment perspective week to week. I've really liked this reign, and I think to say that this racism takes away from him and that his whole reign sucks because of this is <laughs> to see him an <laughs> disservice. And before we move on to round number three, uh, it's time for everybody's favorite game. It's the people's the segment. The people's segment, They baby. love it. They keep requesting it oh, the people every love single it. week. Not necessarily, actually. I, don't, I haven't heard from the people about this show at all in quite a while. I, uh, oh, yeah, I do all the tweeting now. This yeah. is... Uh, yeah, you're the social media guru over there. I'm that too, isn't true, though. I'm you're a way better Twitter guy. I'm Sportsnet Big Shot. Yeah. I don't have time yeah. for tweeting on the Top Marks account. I'm not going to talk except, about my real job Except here, when but. you tweet, your tweets get traction. When I tweet, it's to be like, Grand Metal League versus Brock Lesnar <laughs> WrestleMania book it. That gets no retweets Yeah, at I mean, all. it's a terrible idea. So you're the wrestling guru on social media. Media. I'm just the comedy writing guru, I guess. Justin, for those of who may not listen before, can you talk them through what Sunday Night Tweet is? Sunday Night Tweet, of course, is the segment where Josh Custodio scours the internet to find the best tweets written by members, active members of the WWE roster each and every week. And he will just read them out, and I am left to guess who they could possibly be. Yeah, it's a very fun segment There's for me. close to 120 people that it could be <laughs> at any given time, and I'm just supposed to know. And often I do all right, actually. So I don't know why I'm making it out like I'm the huge victim of a grand conspiracy right Just, now. I got to be honest, I don't think you're going to do well this week. Well, I have one to turn the tables on you. <laughs> no, not allowed. Not Don't how worry. the segment works. <laughs> Justin, are you ready for tweet number one? Yes, I am. Let's get it going. Tweet number one. It's not my birthday, and it never will be. (laughs) It's not my birthday, and it never will be. Someone who was not born and has (laughs) never celebrated their birth. (laughs) Maybe a Jehovah's Witness? Uh, Maybe someone who was born on... Uh, February 29th, but then even every four years it would be, so never doesn't really apply. Yeah, it's never it's never their birthday. It's never going to be their birthday. Can I get at least like a slight hint here? Uh, no. No? <laughs> All right, well. You didn't give me one last I'll week. go with uh, Roman Reigns because he seems like he's been mean on social media for the last couple Sunday night tweets here. I, I don't hate that answer. It's a guy who looks like maybe an alternate universe Roman Reigns. It's the Drifter, Elias. <laughs> oh, of course, because as a Drifter, he yeah. wouldn't have a birth certificate. <laughs> so how would he know it was his birthday? Who will celebrate it with him? No one. You ready for tweet number two, Justin? Born ready. I just got to read this one verbatim. Of course. I already knew who it was when you said tweet number two. But verbatim what do you mean? is a giveaway also. What do you mean? Nothing. I mean nothing by that. Let's find out who it is. <laughs> I, I'm just going to read this one verbatim. Okay. Ween's sitting in first class, way big iPads and iPhones, sipping on pomegranate juice. It's a cooler in book. You need Wee Man... Know the Wall Street Journal. That sounds like the Scottish Supernova Noam Dar. It is the Scottish Supernova Noam Dar. The His words ring through the ages. 
<laughs> if there's one tweet I'm guaranteed to get every week, it's that gentleman's right there. Ready for tweet number three, Justin? Oh, am I? So this is one of those uh, quote tweets that the kids love, okay? Sure, yeah. So the, the tweet being quoted is just talking about, I don't know if you saw this news this week, Justin, but Toys R Us is going bankrupt. I did see that. Uh, so this is just a... Open to snag some WWE merch on clearance We should definitely go, go check business. out the Guilford one yeah. when it's going. Or, so. or the Broadway one, which I don't we're think pretty close big. to. They have a lot of WWE stuff Do in Do they? There. Yeah. That's where I get my wrestling swag. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, shit. So this, yeah. I won't get into the particulars, but it's a quote tweet talking about um, bankruptcy for, for Toys R Us. Sure. And the tweeter in question quote tweets this and uses three different sad face emojis, varying from crying to frowning to like two tears coming out. So who's very broken up about Toys R Us going bankrupt? Who loves their toys? Uh, I feel like those New Day guys probably would be very upset. About it is not a toys. member of the New Day. Um, it is not even a man. It is not a man. I am going to go then with Becky Lynch. It is not Becky Lynch, but you had the gender correct. It's Naomi, Trinity Fatu. Naomi loves toys. Naomi is bummed out. I picked Becky Lynch because she was in that ad that I with picked Sammy with Zane. Sammy and uh, AJ recently. Yeah, well. Yeah. Listen, Justin. And I know she loves her toys because she retweets them every time someone posts a pic with oh her action God, figure. Terrible Twitter presence. Yeah. I, you know what? The number one thing to do when you follow a wrestler on Twitter, turn off retweets. <laughs> Just instantly. <laughs> Justin, are you ready for tweet number four? Sure. Justin, this is not in reply to anybody, nor a quote tweet. This is just a standalone tweet. Okay, hit me. Yes, period. Dreams come one after another. Dreams come one after another. Yes. Yes. Mm, I'm going to say Jason Jordan. Oh, that's a really good guess. Based off he of probably what had some come. dreams come. Oh, well, listen, this Ed, week. I hope those dreams go because it is not Jason Jordan. It is the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh. Yes, dreams come one after another. I thought he would hop on Twitter to be like, yes, gender is big racist. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little racist yourself there, Justin. I'm not surprised you spent 15 minutes defending it. And I do mean 15 minutes. I did not speak that round. <laughs> Justin, are you ready for the fifth tweet this week? <laughs> Justin, you have to stop yes. laughing to be ready. Yes. All right, Justin. The Young Bucks are really good, man. Yeah. The Young Bucks are really good, man. Yeah. Hmm. That is not in reply to anything, not a quote tweet, just a standalone tweet. I There's three people I want to say here. Go ahead. I'm going to have to narrow it down to one of them. I'm going to give you three guesses on this one. Okay. I'm going to start with AJ Styles. Not AJ Styles. I'm going to follow it up with Kevin Owens. Not Kevin Owens. Then I'm going to follow that up with Dolph Ziggler. Not Dolph Ziggler. Oh, because they had a little Twitter back and forth about super kicks this oh, week. Oh, is that right? And also the whole suck it thing on SmackDown as well. Justin, you're going to hate yourself on this one because there's a giveaway in this tweet. Really? I'm going to do the impression for this one. Sure. The Young Bucks are really good, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Young Bucks are really good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Why can I not think of... Who is <laughs> Do you still not know, Justin? I know. I recognize the voice. It's a terrible impression for yeah. Justin, do you want another hint? Sure. You fucking dressed as this guy oh, for your Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it is Bray Wyatt. Not, yeah, I should have known that was your Bray voice. <laughs> he says Bray Wyatt with an appreciation for the Young Bucks. That seems like the last person on the roster who'd be super into the indie scene. That's why I gave you three guesses. Yeah, that's I so just wild. The only out I thought you had was the, man, 
Yeah, true. I should have known. And also your little raspy cigar smoke voice. I should have known too. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible impression. That's fine. Um, but is that the last one for me? I did really yeah, no, badly it's just, this week. It's just the last one. No, it's not. Because I'm turning the tables once again because I found a tweet that I really liked and I'm going to make you guess. Nah, Justin. This is another classic quote tweet as the kids like to do. It's not how the game works. It's uh, the question being asked to the wrestler in question. Uh, is do you ever talk to AJ? Just wondering. Oh, and, and the uh, the wrestler says, all the time. I ask him if the gloves are because germs. You know, like <laughs> a what about Bob thing. <laughs> he just laughs and does that emo hair flip. Justin, I know who this one is. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a good tweet. I, I was looking through uh, his Twitter timeline for some Sunday night tweets uh, earlier today. It's uh, the man I loathe. Dolph Ziggler. It certainly is Dolph Ziggler. He did a, a Twitter Q&A. There were a couple ones that were really good uh, because uh, Mary Kobayashi, Mary Coco yeah, on yeah, Twitter yeah. responded to a photo of him uh, and Lana and someone else. They were all coming back yeah, from um, the uh, Japan tour, I want to say, or the, the China tour. Uh, I can find it right here. It's Natalia. Thank you. Three blondes coming back from vacation. Uh, she said, wow, CJ looks great. <laughs> and Dolph responded from Baywatch? No, that's me, not Pam Anderson. Common misconception. <laughs> Just assuming the screen on your flip phone is cracked, <laughs> which I thought was a great tweet as well. <laughs> See, you can hate on his current gimmick all you want. He's a very funny man and a good performer in the ring. Yeah, I mean, it's the worst gimmick ever. Yeah. But, uh, and with that... It'll pay off when Bobby Roode comes back next week. Uh, we will move on to round number three. Round three. Fight. Hey, Justin. Uh, oh, I was going to tell an Elvis Presley joke here. Yeah, I yeah did you did that, that already. Top. It was very bad. Oh, I think some people liked it. I think they commissioned their own No Mercy song, though, because they use it literally every time. I'm all shook no. up. I got no mercy. <laughs> no, it's, it's just like a gong, and then this guy in like a puddle of mud style oh. voice goes, no mercy. <laughs> they use it for every No Mercy pay-per-view. Wait, what we, we cannot bullshit. We gotta, this round's going to be tight. It's we gotta, true. It's we got to get, we gotta down, really to get down to these matches. Okay, I'm going to talk really fast. It is a huge card. Just what we have here coming up on Sunday is No Mercy, the WWE's uh, reintroduced event that looks about WrestleMania quality. Would yeah, you agree? Yeah, we're, we're going to get the gang together and watch it here, and it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a really good time. Maybe we'll go to 12 Kings, but I think we'll probably be here at Studio Beard House. Yeah, I just want people to know that we are not playing this on uh, like a half speed or whatever. It's not sped up in any way. This is exactly how we're talking right now. No, no, if you have to put it on half speed I completely understand that but, but, but that's not what we're doing we're just talking really really fast we only have 50 minutes to get through this entire card let's get right into it stop it stop it let's stop bullshitting you're bullshitting let's start at the top of the card okay let's do it good work good debt it was a great episode. We just burned a minute. This is a great. Stop it! You're still bullshitting. Oh, I feel great. I don't have a swig of water for the work. No, down. we don't have time for this, Josh. It's a big card. It's too big. It's bigger than WrestleMania. It's gonna be the show of the year, and you're wasting all kinds of time here. We're already a minute and a half into this. What are you doing, <laughs> Justin? 
<laughs> what is your? We'll start like this. What is your total excitement going into No Mercy? Have the builds been good? Are you into this show? I'll tell you what. Uh, I didn't want to necessarily reveal this because it outs me as a bad wrestling podcaster. But for most of the last month, I've been really excited about the top two matches on this card. But as a wrestling viewer, I'm a busy man. I've been sure. working at NHL broadcasts. I'm a yeah. big shot now, yeah. Josh. And as a big shot, I don't have time to sit down turning heel. and spend three hours watching Raw. I've mostly been a SmackDown-only guy for the majority of this month. I've watched the key segments, your Cena and Roman Reigns, your Jason Jordan segments. And it's weird when Jason Jordan is your big segments. But he's yeah. been pretty good this month, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I have, uh, like, I watched the whole show with you last week. Yeah, yeah. And I thought beginning to end, that show was great. Yeah, but I don't feel necessarily bad about skipping the show this week because that makes me no different than Brock Lesnar or John Cena. Oh. It really cements my status as a top guy. I don't have to be there for the go-home. All right, Justin Rosenberg, let's look at this card and see... Uh, uh, see what you think about it. Sure. Uh, Justin, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. No matter how what you think about the build, I it's think you've got to be excited about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you more excited for this than you were for Joe a couple months back? Uh, I don't think I am, but I'm still super the excited. The promos were better for Joe. Definitely. And Joe is such a gifted talker. Uh, that really it was uh, hard not to be extremely fired up for that match. But that match delivered also. Definitely. And every Braun match has delivered to this point. And, like, Roman is good. You have to give him credit as a great worker who seems to have chemistry with pretty much everyone that he works with. Yeah. But uh, Braun has also delivered in all of his matches. For and sure. And I don't think he's really been able to have a match against someone with the stature and kind of pure electricity of a Brock Lesnar. Obviously, they were in that match together at SummerSlam, and they together were like the star element of that for match. Sure. But uh, this is a big opportunity for him because there is no one like Brock Lesnar on the entire Truly roster. Not. And in fact, this is an opportunity to make a new Brock Lesnar. And I think the promos, uh, not just like what they've said, but but the video packages as well, like demonstrating what Brock did when he came in back in 2002 and what uh, Braun has done over the last year, there are a lot of similarities between these two guys. Sure. And Braun is somebody that the general public, your casual fans, do get really excited about in a way that like, you haven't really seen somebody uh, that the crowd latches onto like this since Brock. So this is a, a huge moment it seems so apparent. Not just for Braun, but for the company as well to yeah. create a new Lesnar. It, it seems so clear to me that Braun is the guy right now. Like, it seems like everyone has to see it, right? It, I don't know a wrestling fan who doesn't like Braun. The crowds love Braun. And you have to think the back office loves Braun. He's exactly Vince's type. Yeah. So I, I, He's gotten over uh, in a way that, like, they constantly hoped Roman would, but just didn't. Like, this yeah. guy is the answer. You have made it a catchphrase of your own that Braun Strowman is the truth. Yeah. And he is. He really There's is. There's no denying him because pa he is the truth. Is Papa Braun winning on Sunday? Probably not. It's too early to put the belt on him, but God damn it, do I want to see him have that belt. I think he is winning the belt on Sunday. I think they, they have to realize that Brock Roman is just going to go the same as it did before, and they're... I think Roman and Braun can be your Brett and Sean at this point. You can go back to that feud. But do you feel like, I know I just said that this is like an opportunity for them to make a new Brock. 
as much as it's exciting that they are putting this marquee match on uh, what is ordinarily probably a B pay-per-view, yeah. is this the moment to crown him as a star, or do you save it for Survivor Series? I think you have – not only will they, I think you have to do it now. Establish And for more than just them, you establish that there is no B pay-per-view. You establish that in a post-pay-per-view world, these network shows are, are just big unskippable. events. Unskippable. They must see. And I think – I really think they're going to do it. John Cena versus Roman Reigns, we, we did a round on this last week. So if you really want to hear us break down John Cena and Roman Reigns in great depth, we have a round on that last week. But let's touch on it here. Uh, excitement level. Feeling it, not feeling it? It was two it? weeks ago that we did that. But uh, I, I feel like the excitement level drunk. has tapered off a little bit since then because the first round of shoot promos that they had was exceptional. Sort of groundbreaking. Uh, amazing stuff. And the second week still had some great lines as well. Week three, it kind of fell off. Did a you see bit. Roman's promo this week? I didn't see it. From it was now. excellent, worth seeking out on YouTube. It was without Cena opposite him because Cena wasn't on the show this week because Cena wasn't Cena wasn't Shenzhen, China the day before. A great place, I hear. Uh, Roman really was able to step up and did a lot. He, I'm sure you heard that he referenced. Uh, Al- I almost called it Andy Riley. Alex, Alex Riley. Riley. Uh, it had great effect on me. I'm still pretty pumped for this match. This one, even more than Braun Brock, does feel WrestleMania quality to me in terms of two yeah, guys who I thought they'd keep away. This should be a WrestleMania main event. That's right. So uh, I'm super excited for it. Uh, who you got winning this one? I feel like Roman kind of has to because we all sort of know that Cena's taking a big break to go shoot this Bumblebee movie after this. And this should be the natural payoff to this feud is just like he brags that he beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, Roman comes out of it bragging that he chased John Cena out of WWE. Now, because that feels so predictable, do they turn this into an extended series and have John beat him but still be so beat up that he leaves? Yeah. And then come back and have Roman get that win down the line. I think there's a lot of ways you can go with it. I really do. I I see a lot of Roman has to win this. I really don't think he does have to. I think he is going to just because Cena's gotten so the better of him on the mic. It evens it out a bit. But I don't think Cena, if Cena wants to, if the whole defense of this program has been, well, it's trying to bring out the best in Roman. He's got to improve. Get to fire him. I think he can eat the one, two, three, and then come back with new fire in him. I also think there's a chance that the Shield gets back together for this. As well. Oh, no, the, not together, but I think you could see Seth and Dean lose their belts, and we'll get to that, and come out and help Roman. I think that's a true I mean, we were kind of hoping for that at SummerSlam. I think I've hate, held forward on every pay-per-view yeah, since 2012. Uh, but like, Maybe the Shield will get back to Honestly, if, if one of the main criticisms of of everything that Roman has said about Cena throughout this entire uh, feud is that it's too much of a retread of Cena versus AJ, then sure. maybe you flip the results and oh. do have Cena win this one and then lose the return match. I think you could definitely see that. But your official prediction? Uh, I'm going to go Cena wins, actually. Okay, I'm going to go Roman. We'll be split on this. We're split on both so far. Uh, one of us is not going 100% on the No, not at all. Uh, Justin, we just touched on them. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins are uh, facing Sheamus and Cesaro, people that we've seen them wrestle a lot lately. I'm still super into this because the match quality has been b- bananas. Yeah, it seemed like two weeks ago they were teasing that this would be a four-way tag match also involving the club and the Hardy Boys, and I yeah. was actually really looking forward to that a lot. Yeah, uh, I feel like the storytelling in like the promos and backstage stuff between these two teams 
has been kind of average, but the match quality has been great. Yeah. And we've talked about this multiple times over the course of their kind of reintroduction and, and uh, reforming as a team. But again, Seth and Dean, two guys that were seemingly lost as baby faces, are getting over again in a big way together and helping each other do it. It's really, really heartening to see the way the crowd is reacting to Seth again because I have always fucking loved him, as you very well know. Yeah, even though he sucks, you uh, still like him. Yeah, it's I mean, great. that's how I feel about Dean Ambrose. So, you know, where we have our choices and who we like from the shield and who we don't. Uh, yeah, everybody but, likes Dean. But the crowd is responding to both of them in yeah. an extremely positive way, which had not been the case for most of the last year. So, no. like, I do really like them back together. And I do like the matches from this tandem. Like, no, no matter what, I, I say this on the show all the time. We can get bored of storylines, but as long as you still appreciate that the match quality is there... I don't really mind that they drag these things out for three months at a time because, like the New Day and the cool. Usos, I still want to see. They're showing. They are these showing four. you how to get it done. Those e guys. Exactly. It's unreal. Uh, official prediction. Uh, I think it's way too soon for Seth and Dean to lose the belts. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they retain. Uh, Justin, there's a now five-way. Uh, you didn't see, but Bailey got added to the I Fatal 4-way. I did hear that. So yeah. you have Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks versus Emma versus Bailey versus Nia for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I don't give a shit about this. How do you feel? Uh, it's kind of a mishmash because, Super again, convoluted. the division is just a mess. But bringing Bailey back in San Jose and letting her get a babyface moment in her hometown kind of feels like a rehabilitation of her. And if they do have her retake the title this Sunday, I feel like that could be good. I feel like Sasha has been run into the ground. It is insane to think that Sasha Banks is a four-time Raw Women's yeah. Champion and has not had one meaningful reign. Not one. Yeah. Like, it's her gimmick that she just loses the belt That's immediately, insane. which is a shitty gimmick and makes her feel meaningless. It doesn't get me excited to see her win the belt again because no. I know it's that just they're just going to do the thing again. Yeah. Like, it's not just killed winning the belt as a meaningful moment. It's killed her character as well. I really I love Emma. I think she has huge potential as a heel. I don't think they're going to put the title on her here. For me, it's either Nia Jax or Bailey, and if it's a toss up between the two of them, right now I'm probably going to pick Nia and have Bailey chase her. Okay, uh, I think Bailey's going to win. Sasha's going to turn on her, and I think there's no chance Nia wins. Uh, I only say that because every multi-woman match that Nia's in, they do a spot where everyone else in the match attacks her. It's like if Braun's in a multi-man. True, they... but this is not an elimination match, so no, I still but... feel like she could come back at the uh, end like Lesnar does. Sure, good point. Uh, Miz and Jason Jordan. Uh, surprisingly into this feud too, in a yeah. way that I didn't think that I would be around SummerSlam, and I really feel like those Cena and Roman matches helped a lot yeah. because it showed that Jordan is actually a really good ring worker as a single when he's put against guys that can go, and those two obviously can. The They've Roman both one got, was all right. But the Cena one was, Cena was great. For sure. And honestly, his double Northern Lights suplex spot is so impressive. My only criticism of it, and I've told you this before, I want it to be a triple because then you can get the crowd to chant along with the, tr with the triple suplexes, one, two, Two, three, and then when he pins on the third one, one, two, three. I agree. Uh, I think Miz has been, you know, doing some of the best work of. I think he's like not as good as CM Punk right now, but his consistency on mic is right there. I think you there's can, something inauthentic about Jason Jordan to me on the mic that I'm just not buying. I so. think I think Jordan's title moment is coming. I don't think it's on Sunday. You can milk this feud a lot further because it's only heating up right now. I, I think Jason Jordan is winning on Sunday. 
which uh, bums me out. I'm going to take the Miz. All right. Uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Wow, this sucked. A man-on-man match. I don't even know what that means. It means that neither of them are using their magic powers. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I liked Balor's line on Monday. He said, uh, if the man created the demon who's actually more dangerous, I thought that was really clever. Yeah. Uh, the full Frankenstein's monster thing. I thought that was good. His promo was all right. This feud feels ice cold to me. I'm a Bray Wyatt guy, and I still... I just I, he's lost for me right now. Yeah, and even when he gets wins, they don't feel important. Like Bray Wyatt beat Seth Rollins. Yeah. He won that feud. Yeah. Does it mean Clean. anything at this point? Clean. No, he, he I raked him. It was dirty. It, but there the was no match, interference. He? Yeah, he raked him. Oh, okay, sorry. Sure. I thought it was clean. But. Uh I think that they might drag this out for three months, which means Bray probably wins. Okay. Uh, which is unfortunate because I think Finn should win again. The feud ends with Finn standing tall. You of think, course, okay? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm also taking Bray on Sunday for the exact same reason. But I actually, think is me. the next Raw pay-per-view after this Survivor Series? Yes. Maybe this is the end of this feud then. And they get put into Yeah, I and, actually think Finn. And then they're on Team Raw together. That's a really good line of thinking. I, I'll go Finn then, actually. I think you're right. I think they want Finn on a Survivor Series yeah, team. Yeah, I'm changing my mind and going Finn also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the final match of the night, uh, one I'm actually way more excited for than I should be, is uh, Neville defending his Cruiserweight title against Enzo Amore as we wrap up this round. Uh, I mean, Neville is probably going to retain just because yeah. Champ uh, Enzo is not something that I want to see right now. Enzo on 205 Live, like I said, has been a net positive all around. I think he's very good for that show and all the characters on it. Uh, but he needs some more training with Drew Gulak before I'm ready to ah, see a bunch man. of Enzo one-on-one matches. Chris Jericho is actually who got me excited for this match. I saw uh, an interview with him where he said, listen, Neville, the day is going to come. If you want to hold that belt, you're going to have to get good matches out of everybody. That's what the territories are about. Neville, you have a big challenge in front of you. You're up to the task. You're such a worker. I want to see if Neville can get a match out of Enzo. That's a great point, and I honestly think if there's anyone up to exactly. the challenge of doing that, he is probably the guy and that's because exactly he's a spectacular reason. worker. And we can't wait for the paper. <laughs> you buzzed too soon. We still have like three seconds. What are you dick. talking about? I'm looking at the clock the whole fucking time. Yeah, well, I was here, keeping bud. count in my head 15 oh, minutes, yeah, but I have perfect time. Yeah, you can trust technology, Justin. You can trust technology if you want. I do. Well, I don't, bud. Well, why don't you look what at your you phone and I... tell us who wrote in this week? Yeah, you see those Hillary Clinton emails? <laughs> huh? The, the emails? Uh, I did not see that. No, yeah, I mean, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Uh, Justin, we got a lot of questions this week, so I think we need to be... Uh, we got to move through them at a decent... How long are we in? Uh, It's been... Uh, an hour 11. Okay. But with some blanks that I'll cut out. Cool. Uh, let's get down to some questions then. Uh, you want me to read you the, the first? Oh, God. I don't know if I'm going to answer this. Sure. What is it? The first question comes to us from Michael J. Foist. And Michael J. Foist. Uh, and hello, Michael. Hey, he Michael. Asks, What's the worst moment someone has ever walked in on you watching wrestling? Um... That's really hard for me to narrow down because so much of my childhood wrestling memories kind of bleed together. Sure. I honestly have a very hard time trying to pinpoint what my first Raw was watching on my own as a kid. Uh, I don't have a lot of like standout memories like that. But no one's ever walked in on you. No, just my like it was something that I had to keep hidden from my parents in general. My dad didn't really care. My mom absolutely hated it. Okay. So wrestling in general was something that I would have to keep hidden. Uh, that, like, really any moment would be the most embarrassing moment. Right. I get what you mean. It but I feel like shameful. you have a specific memory. I do. I, I don't know. If I, I don't know. Have I told this story before that, like, 
I owned and purchased actually yes. multiple <laughs> copies of the SmackDown games for PlayStation <laughs> and had to treat them like drugs if they got found in the house. It was like, oh, that's my friend's. I'm just carrying it for a friend. It's not actually mine. I just borrowed it from him. So don't throw it in the garbage because it's not actually mine. So uh, he'd be really mad about that. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, my disc got worn out. I had to buy another copy. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just mentioned your mother, Justin. I'm going to mention mine. Mom, I know you listen to the show. Yeah, unlike mine, your stop. mother actually listens to this show. Mom, Nancy Custodio, stop listening right now. Just the I, episode ends here for okay. you. Or fast forward like four minutes. Sure. Because this is not a just great story. Just hit that skip button. This is not a great story. Smash the skip. So I'm not going to use any names in this story, but I had a neighbor growing up uh, who I lived in an apartment building, and they lived – very close to me. So it would sort of come and go between each other's houses uh, willy-nilly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one night, he was at a party, and I think I had just gone home from a party. Well, I don't know. We were like 11 and 12, so whatever we were doing. I think whatever, wherever we were, we were out for the night, okay? But not together. So I went upstairs to his house, and I turned on the TV, and it was a replay of either Raw or SmackDown. And I am sitting in my friend's room. Keep in mind, I'm a young man here. And uh, a Divas match come on, and I feel like this is going to be a good time to start masturbating in my friend's room. Okay. Uh, I feel like I have half an hour wow, ahead of me. Is, this is quite a story I already. feel like I have, uh, you know, some time before he gets in. Uh, my friend does not catch me masturbating. My friend's mom wow. walks in on me. Oh, wow. <laughs> to so, have someone else's mom <laughs> catch you masturbating is, uh, that's, that's quite something. So Michael J. Foist... My worst moment someone has ever walked in on me watching wrestling is that. Uh, I just remember a distinct memory that is not nearly embarrassing as yours. I remember being in the basement of my friend Micah's place, uh, yeah. and we were all just like going to watch a movie or something, but we're just channel surfing before the movie goes on, uh, and come across SmackDown. And this is probably a little bit after the era where I stopped watching, uh, because like the rise of Brock Lesnar is about the time when I check out. Yeah. But I do still remember having like a fondness for wrestling in my heart, even though I'd been like socially shamed out of watching it, and I'd also given up on it for being just crap at the time. Right, yeah, sure. Uh, but as we're channel surfing, we happen upon SmackDown right at the exact moment that Paul Heyman is in the ring on the mic, and he has just finally turned on Brock Lesnar. Oh, He's betrayed no. Brock Lesnar. And this was a punchline among my group of friends for years that made me feel so embarrassed about being a wrestling fan. Because literally all he said, it's not even like the, the craziest line, yeah. but it's just this, you know, you know how, how Paul Heyman looks, especially in 2002. Sure, yeah, the just a greasy the guy with yeah. a ponytail coming out the back of his hat. And he's on the mic and all he says is, I screwed Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and my friend John starts howling oh, with laughter no. that this is like the funniest sexual innuendo want, that right. he's ever heard. That this greasy fat man uh, from Philly fucked Brock Lesnar. Oh. Uh, and yeah, uh, I've always been embarrassed about that, even though I wasn't even watching at the time. You told two stories that I still feel like I've. It's like embarrassed about my. So of this, course, yours is way worse. I'm I've just said, trying to make I've you said, feel better. Thank you. I, I've said audacious things. On the show. This is the first time. I'm like, should I have said that? Probably not. Do you think I should have not no, said that? No, it's fine. No one it's wants a safe to space. This is all right. Well, yeah. I apologize to the listeners yeah. for being you're, the kind you know, of eleven year old who would child masturbate his friends. Masturbate room. in strange places. <laughs> well, fine. it was to be clear. This is like my second home, and I th- I'm not going to defend this. <laughs> 
you want to read me a question, Justin? Sure. This one comes into Fuck us. Fuck this. From Sugar Ray Fan Club, Blair Pachico. Who What's writes, up, Blair? if you could make a buddy cop movie with one wrestler from the oh, 80s yeah. and one from the current product, yeah. who would star in it? Yeah. Uh, this is a great question. Uh, I thought about this on my drive today, and there are there's funnier answers. But I took this question seriously. I like what movie do I think would produce the best film? Yeah. And from the '80s, I'm taking Roddy Piper. That's a good choice. Uh, not because I think he's the you know all this in a bag of chips, but I've seen him in movies that I love. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they live, live is a great movie. Yeah. Roddy Piper can act. He can talk a blue streak. So he's going to be my bad cop in this okay. movie. And are you going with the modern-day Roddy Piper and Dean Ambrose as your uh, modern choice? I'm not, but Dean did cross my mind. I don't think Dean is uh, entertaining enough in like a movie sense. I want a guy who can really that ham it up. True. So I'm going with Roddy Piper and our guy, Titus O'Neil, oh. for my buddy cop movie. Oh, and I feel like that's the perfect kind of 80s fish out of water. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Titus is like a good Christian man who loves being a father, and Roddy's like, we got to get some blow, it's kid. Like, it's like the wrestling equivalent of like Gene Wilder and Eddie Murphy. Or that something. is a perfect way of yeah. looking at it. Yeah, that was sort of the dynamic I was going for. So Roddy Piper and Titus O'Neil rolling around solving crimes. Okay, I'm going to go for a similar sort of uh, 80s grit character choice here. Yep. Uh, but I'm going to go with a, a generational passing of the torch oh. moment uh, and tandem. And I know, I'm especially after defending racism in round number two, <laughs> oh, no. this is going to be a choice the Hulk that is going to drive some heat. Don't do it. But Hulk Hogan no, is Justin. my 80s choice. He's, Don't. He was a film star of the time and he was the, again, I talked about Dean being maybe the modern Roddy Piper. There's a clear choice for who is the modern Hulk Hogan and it's John Cena. Okay. And so I'm going to use the the repulsive racist okay. nature of Hulk Hogan as part of his dirty cop character as All right. well. So he is kind of the not just the bad cop but a genuinely bad cop. Does he think he's a good cop? Maybe, but okay. he's, he's dirty. He's on the take. He's like he's kind of the low key. Maybe at the end of the movie, it's revealed that he's been the mastermind villain behind everything. Oh, uh, but uh, John Cena is his partner and is trying to you know rehabilitate him to the modern era, and it doesn't take. And in the end, Cena has to kill Hogan. Would watch. Yeah. I would be. I, I'm low-key. I'd buy a ticket to that on opening <laughs> night. If, if I, you were promised to see a movie where John Cena shoots and kills Hulk Hogan, I would be there fucking day one. Whose movie would you rather see, mine or yours, just based on cast? Uh, based on cast, I'd probably rather give my money to your movie. But your specific story Because I know Titus uh, listens to the yeah, show, Yeah, hey, Titus. Too. Hey, Titus. How's it going? What's um, up, Titus? But yeah, probably mine overall. Loki, I'm bummed that neither of us pick boss man. But on to the next question. Yeah. Uh, James O'Brien at Cycles like Cycle like Sedines asks, "Good man, James O'Brien." Yeah, good guy. Good guy. Uh, he asks, "In memory of Bobby the Brain, who are some of the funniest people in wrestling?" Um, this is not a unique opinion that I'm sharing for the first time right now because I feel like I talk about it all the time, but. I genuinely think that Rusev is one Dude, of the funniest people. Dude, we talk about how funny Rusev people. is all the time. This week, though, on SmackDown, the moment when Renee asked him, do you feel elated? And he immediately came back with, what does that mean? <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. And it's like such such a low-key character moment, but yeah. also like perfectly fitting for, for who he is. And like just... 
like hilarious. Yeah, also, my, I laughed out loud for a good minute and a half at that. My thoughts on Rusev comedically are pretty established on the show. I totally agree. And uh, of course, the whole dead fish thing. I, I'll take this in a different direction because I don't just want to give a boring same answer. Uh, there are people that secondhand make me laugh really hard in wrestling, sometimes not on purpose. And the Ultimate Warrior is a bottomless well of things to laugh at and not with. Old Warrior promos are a riot. Uh, of that nature, I'd probably pick Sandman, who I know you love with all your heart, but uh, I think is you know we Fuck we you, were Justin. no we watched a Sandman match on Monday where he did a frog splash <laughs> off the top rope where he landed on his feet and then fell. Forward onto the guy. I was howling <laughs> with laughter. It was outrageously funny. So Sandman probably makes the list for me as well. Yeah, that's pretty rude. <laughs> that's a pretty rude thing to say on this show. Um, you know, there's like guys who are genuinely. You know what, Justin? Why though? don't you go to Sportsnet? You know what? You know. <laughs> Matt's looking like a pretty good co-host. Oh, no, right? welcome here anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Justin, uh, I think this is our final. No, we got two more questions. Here's second to last question. This I just said his name. Oh yeah, God. this one comes to us from uh, Mr. Matty Pye, our friend Matt Prince. Matt Prince Pretty. Uh, who asks, this is something that you and I talked about earlier today, too. Yeah. Uh, Matt asks, what would your dad's moveset be <laughs> if he were a pro wrestler? I love this. Which is a great question overall. And I kind of came at it from a different direction than what Matt actually said. It got me more thinking about who... Uh, has the daddest move set. Okay. Of, oh, can I try? Wrestler? Oh, my God. That's a good one. You already know who my choice is, though, because I gave oh, it away earlier. Oh, sorry. I, I see. So do you want to pick someone else, or do you did you have someone in mind? Uh, no, you go ahead. I know who you're saying. No, okay. I've forgotten. Yeah. Big Boss Man, I think, is yeah, the most dad, dad move set. It's a pretty dad uh, move because, because there's, like, power moves, but nothing that shows, like, an overwhelming amount of strength. Like, the man's finisher is the sidewalk slam. I think, like, <laughs> that's probably the daddest finisher possible. Would that be your dad's finisher? I think that would be my dad's signature, and he would polish it off with a choke slam after. Okay. A choke slam is a good yeah, dad move. And he also would probably come to the ring... With, like, Undertaker American Badass entrance because he fucked his leg up on a motorcycle when he was a kid and he would want to, like, redeem himself as okay. a motorcycle cool guy. As, I like as, this. As an old man. I'm into the Mr. Morris yeah. gimmick. Yeah. Uh, my father, Mark, is uh, an amazing man. He's a 6'4". Broad as a barn. My father is also named Mark. Whoa! Yeah, we're Mark like, Morissette? Yeah, we're like uh, Superman and Batman right now, discovering that our moms have the same name. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, he is, so my, a, mine is My dad's gimmick is Mark the Motorcyclist Morissette. <laughs> wow, the alliteration <laughs> is on fire. Uh, my father is a... Uh, yeah, he's big. He's a jacked, my dad. He looks like a serial killer. He's, uh, he's a great man. Uh, but he's, he's a bit... He's, he's on the quieter side, unlike his son, okay? And uh, I see him as this brooding power type, and he's going to use Roman Reigns' Razor's Edge sit-out powerbomb as his finisher. Like, big, tall man, grab someone, hoist him up, sit out. I love that move. I wish it was Roman's finisher. It says, I love my father so much, I'm going to give him one of my favorite moves. I thought about Kane as having a dad move set also, except I feel like the tombstone is too difficult for a dad to properly I couldn't even name like, a lot of Kane moves. Yeah, it's just mostly cool-looking strikes. Yeah, I feel like choke a dad could do that. Yeah, I gave my dad the choke slam. Oh, he has so a big boot. partly inspired by Kane and that big boot, too. There we go. Uh, but we got one final question here, yeah. and it's one of the best questions we've ever received. I And I hope that. Mitch actually listens to the show this week to hear how Does he, he not normally? It. I don't know if he's a listener or not. I know that he's a classic 
uh, WWE fan from way back in the day. And in oh. fact, I also know that he was the producer for a, a CBCQ interview with Chris Jericho for his new book. And he sent me a photo of uh, him, Tom Power, and Jericho all arm in arm in studio. And he was like marking out that it was one of the most surreal experiences of his life. And actually, I know that Tom Power is also a wrestling fan and that he and Mitch watch pay-per-views together. So he might be a modern fan as well. So Mitch, if you do listen to this show, please let me know. Because you sent in a fucking wonderful question this so week. So here's, here's Mitch. And frankly, all these questions were really good this yeah, week too. they I were they're a super strong batch uh if there were any weak ones we would have cut them because we knew we were going to go long on it but true they were all very good uh mitch at mitchell black asks you get to book a new gimmick battle royal who are your 10 entrants and who wins so rather than talk this out on the show because it would take a while justin and i cooperated yeah on we this came one. up with the list before we started and folks we got a money match here that if it was the main event of a pay-per-view, I think you would actually pay money to this could order main the event mania. This could oh, be yeah. main event mania. Oh, this is, oh, absolutely. Do you just want me to read out the list, Justin? Um, I feel like you should take half the list and I should take half the list. So okay, should we as go long back as and forth leave, with the guys that we selected? As long as you leave the guy who is on top there for last, because I feel like he's the strongest. True, true. Well, I'm just going to work backwards. Can you just me. establish what a gimmick battle royal is for folks who might not have watched WrestleMania X7? I mean, not really, because it's not all that clear, yeah. uh, but uh, you see I have a WrestleMania X7 poster up in my house. The gimmick battle royal was a hodgepodge of returning nostalgia acts uh, who were running pretty clear gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the entrants were Brother Love, the Iron Sheik. Um, well, of course, now. In I'm fact, we like... talked about Bobby Heenan off right. the top of the show. Right, right. He was actually on commentary for that Correct. match. And one of the final funniest things that he ever got to say on WWE television was during the Iron Sheik's entrance down to the ring, Heenan on commentary says, by the time he gets to the <laughs> ring, it'll be <laughs> WrestleMania 38. <laughs> that was very good. So, Justin, I don't, I don't want to go too much into why we picked each guy. And I also want be- to establish that we had a very hard time selecting people for this because there were all kinds of folks that we really wanted to have in this match, but unfortunately... They're dead, and they passed away extremely prematurely. Correct. Uh, and it's tragic that we're not able to select them. It's also tragic that they're no longer on this earth. Entrant number one is going to be... I mean, we're going to start this shit off with a bang. Yes. Okay? It's Big Papa Pump. The sirens hit. Give me a fucking mic. Scott Steiner is your first entrant. And it's a shock. Because you never thought you'd see him back in the WWE before. But if Kurt Angle can come back. If if, Bret Hart can come back. If Shane McMahon can come back. If CM Punk... God bless him. Maybe can eventually come back. The you know CM Punk seems like a more likely return than Scott For Steiner sure. at this Scott point. Scott Steiner spent a decade shitting on Stephanie and Triple H. He has yeah. said like things I would not repeat on this. He show. is banned from the building from all of their events. Josh, you want to give us the next entrant? I sure do. And, and I love uh, this one. We talked about a couple of uh, certain people that uh, could fit the bill for this, but of course, no gimmick uh, battle royal is complete without having uh, a little person. You need a little person. Yeah, you definitely do. And uh, we're going to skip over uh, <laughs> Hornswoggle. He do you was, mean that because he's so yeah. small? Yeah, just... I mean, yeah, we're going to hop right over. Oh, we're going to leapfrog terrible. him. Uh, you were really healing it up <laughs> on this show. <laughs> uh, because, you know. 
I feel like there's a better choice out there. Go ahead. His gimmick was just that he's short. This guy is a short guy with a gimmick as well. We are talking, of course, about El Torito. I love Bring back way. that little bull. He has a great Hurricane Rana. He has a sweet moveset. I think he could really do well. You know he's uh, like a Mexican actually, wrestling legend. Yeah, right? actually like, working in this match, he'd be a great competitor in it. I would be so down even. So far, even just for a Torito and Steiner match, yeah. I'm in. Even, like, never mind what he's going to do in the ring. I would pop huge for the El Torito entrance. No doubt. All right. Entrance number three is coming down the ramp. And not as Damian Sandow, but Mizdow is coming down the ramp. Yes. In his bumping for Miz full-on gimmick. Now, does Miz have to be ringside for this as well? Unquestionably, Miz comes out middle of the match and gets Mizdow eliminated. By somehow. throwing himself over the ropes exactly. and Mizdow has to follow? You exactly yes, get it. that's perfect. I feel like it's a cheat to take this next one away from you, so I'm going to skip past him and okay. let you do him. Thank you. Uh, but I'm glad that I get to do this because uh, this is a gentleman that you suggested, uh, but I wholeheartedly endorsed on this show a couple weeks ago as one of my favorite mid Carters from back oh, in the day, yeah. the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. Dude. And now Shamrock is still in fighting shape. Oh, yeah. They, he just fought Bellator last yeah, year. There's been some talk about could he return to pro wrestling. At this point, I think he's too old to be a regular competitor. I'm not sure I really want to see that. But can he make an appearance in a match Dude. like this? Can he ever? Ken Shamrock the pop would be enormous. Dude, I would go mental for Ken Shamrock. And that's really how we've crafted this match, is just like, pop after who pop. is going to get the best pop? And I think we've curated a pretty good list here. And speaking as the best pop, you all saw it coming. The Sandman through the WrestleMania crowd, kendo stick in hand. He's got like 15 beers in his pocket. Where are all <laughs> these beers coming from? It's physically impossible that anyone can have these many well, beers. Well, pants. Yeah. There's a lot of pockets. But, but it's, it's going to be a very long entrance because yeah. it's a huge arena. He may not make and, it to the match. And he's just pouring beers into people's mouths the entire way down. He's going to get through a carton of cigarettes. He's going to win the match because he's going to be the last person to make it to the ring. Even though he'll be the first entrant, he'll be the first entrant, but the last person to get oh, to the ring. That's actually the best way to do it. <laughs> uh, now, our next selection here uh, is, again, somebody that you stumped for, so I'm going to leave this guy for you. Okay, sure. I'm going to take who I selected here, and that is a gentleman who I, I think even if he returned right now, he, he still could probably work some matches. Oh, definitely. And he's a huge innovator if they added him back into the cruiserweight division, he was the guy that, that WWE started their light heavyweight division with in the first place. It's Taka Michinoku. Michinoku I would pop huge to see Taka come out waving the Japanese flag with the old blue pants. Yeah. And he could still go. He can still do his classic moves like the Michinoku driver. Uh, you know? He'd be a sweet like like Tajiri was on 205 Live for a yeah. little bit. Taka would be a great guy to have that kind of rhino role uh, in that show, and uh, no better place to reintroduce him than the Gimmick Battle Royal. No doubt about it. I, I don't love this next competitor as much as some guys do, but I literally was just trying to think. I wanted another Hoss. Another stiff guy. Another guy from way back in the day who's still alive. I literally just wanted somebody to battle it out with Steiner going blow for blow. And I went with Big Van Vader. It's Vader time, it's baby. It's time. You're just going to have suplexes and potatoes flying between him and Steiner throughout the match. 
I think people would go mental for Vader, especially given that this year his health issues have sort of yeah, come. like he the, has like a year to live yeah, or something. He's on the clock for sure. I think he would come out to a very beloved reaction. Uh, I am going to go with, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that we wanted to take here. Yeah. I really wanted Crash Holly to be in this match because yeah. if he came out, you know, holding the scale, walking down to the ring with his big man strut for such a little guy, I would love to see that again. Unfortunately, he died like in 14 years yeah, ago. I was unfortunate. Which is tragic. And we, yeah. we talked about Bob Holly potentially as being a replacement for him, yeah. but doesn't, you know, have a doesn't great scratch gimmick that would, yeah, exactly. We talked also about a guy like maybe S.A. Rios, who, yeah, yeah. who like Taka Michinoku, is a throwback to the cruiserweight division. Uh, but uh, maybe not as memorable. Uh, as as a uh, you know guy from south of the border, as this gentleman who spits in the face of people who don't want to be Big cool, boy. Carlito. Dun, like dun, dun, dun. people have been angling for a Carlito return for a while now, because again, another guy who even more so than a guy like Takamichinoku can definitely still go. He still does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not removed at all from his wrestling days. Uh, and even if it's just a one night return, like a special guy in the Royal Rumble, it would be a treat to see him back in the ring. I still don't know how they haven't brought him back and just paired him with the Colognes. It seems like to feud with New Day three v three just seems like a total no brainer. Yeah, Justin. Oh, sorry. Stand back. Because there's a hurricane coming through. Wow, and I thought I was the most politically insensitive person this week. Oh, very Your nice! Your timing yeah. couldn't be worse. No, I hate Hurricane Irma, but I love Hurricane Helms. <laughs> because what a defined gimmick. I mean, this guy belongs in any gimmick battle royal that's ever happened. I think I mentioned on the show before, he was my answer for favorite mid-carder growing up. I have a real soft spot in my heart for Hurricane Helms. But I got to be honest, Justin, you gave the best answer for this whole gimmick battle royal. I sure I'm did. I'm going to let you do it. Was it was the first person I came up with, and we left him for last. Who has a better, worse gimmick <laughs> for a bad gimmick battle royal like this uh, than the white Undertaker himself, <laughs> Mordecai? And we know he's still out there. He's still hacking he it on, on the indie, indies. Like last month? Yeah, he's still doing it. Oh, dude. Uh, which, you know, you got to give him some credit for because uh, horrible worker, horrible gimmick. But, man. Wait, is the Undertaker black? Would I love. No, just he wears black clothes, has black Oh, because when you said the white Undertaker. Yeah, I he's thought. just color inverted because, like, he even dyed his eyebrows and facial hair <laughs> to be chalk white. Dude, Mordecai to be is the full unreal. inversion. And he had, like, the inverted Taker symbol. He had his own stupid oh, symbol as well. There's no part of his gimmick that is not a wholesale copy with minor tweaks of just the Undertaker. And he's terrible in the <laughs> ring, and it's a terrible gimmick. But that's kind of Dude, the Mordecai ideal rules. choice he for a gimmick battle royal. It has to be Mordecai. I who do you so who are you bad. picking as your winner? Uh, Sandman, because he's the last one in, and he yeah. eliminates Mordecai. I'm a hundred percent into that, as you probably could guess. <laughs> Justin, that's it for our show this week. It is. It was a bit of a long one, but I feel like we had a good time. How, how long are we at here? Oh, it's uh, an hour 35. Oh, Probably my about God. an hour 37 when I tack the intro on. No one wants to hear this. No. You know what? It was a big week. We had to uh, memorialize Bobby Heenan. Yeah. And we had fun, and we celebrated my uh, yeah. career accomplishment. And again, also. congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Do you have any expectations for this new job in terms of like job climate? Like, is there? Um, I don't know. 
I was thinking about that as far as what I'm expecting from No Mercy this Sunday as well. Like, you know, I think uh, as far as, like, the build goes, yeah. and in terms of, like, what it's like sitting in the control room at work, it's it's really hot in there. Is it really? Yeah. Well, is it anything else? Uh, it's, it's a bit spicy as well. Is it really? Yeah, there's just something that's kind of, like, peppery in the air. How does it's it taste? It's got some good spice in there. Well, I'll speak personally as someone who is, like, living uh, a dream that I've worked towards for, like, a good seven years now. Josh, from the bottom of my heart, it tastes great. Because it's Curry Man! Titus Worldwide! Titus Worldwide!